it's always that couple of seconds after I hit record, I get this pause where I don't really know if I remember how I said things in the past. It's been so many weeks since I've recorded an episode, which I'm sure I have some explaining to do about that, and that'll come, but we're not gone. And maybe that's the point of this episode is to kind of, you know, we're normal guys, we're normal hosts, we've got some new people coming in too, but life happens, crazy shit happens, and you get to a place where everybody's got drama at the same time and you can't coordinate a schedule. And then you end up thinking, at least I do, I was in a place where I thought, you know, nobody wants to hear me by myself waxing on about something. And I decided not to record those moments, right? I always want to have a, a somebody I trust, somebody I know can riff with me and throw the conversation back and forth. Most of the time, that's Becky. A long time ago, it was Brando. And sometimes when I can make it all work and he can make it all work, Mitch comes in. And that's what Brevity Box at its core is supposed to be, is capturing that friendship and camaraderie and random conversation, right? Something to make the listener, anybody out there checking us out, feel like you were sitting with us at the end of a hard week, maybe at the end of a hard day, and you just want rando conversation where you feel like you're chilling with your friends, whoever it is, like 10 house parties that you went to or barbecues. And that's what I think we were doing really well at that, but things change. And sometimes you got to embrace that. And that's a lot of what I've learned and what I'm trying. And that's what this episode is all about. So after many, many weeks and a really horribly disjointed intro explanation, hopefully I won't have to revisit that too much. It's another episode of Brevity Box. And what can I tell you? It's always going to be a podcast that's supposed to be about hot takes about random topics between people who know each other and get along well. That's basically what we go for. And we're going to try to find a new way to approach that for you. That's my explanation. We're going to kick off a new style, a new approach, a new energy, and maybe a new host to come in. Who knows how often, maybe all the time. We'll find out. But with Becky out there saving the world and dealing with some real life stuff, Mitch finally getting the vacation the man deserves after literally shouldering, shouldering the network over uh, two years plus to get us to a point where this network is now on YouTube and we've got enough content that has been touched by Mitch. Every episode of every single podcast IP is now being put out on YouTube regularly. And you should check it out. You should check it out. Ruminations Radio Network on YouTube. You will literally find new content every 48 hours. There'll be a new episode going back. If you want to start and re-listen from where we started, that's a good way to do it. And then as we get more used to the video side, which shouldn't take long, you'll see some of that added in. And it's a good way to keep up with us and go in there and subscribe and su support what we do. Uh, you can also check out our website at www.ruminationsradionetwork.com. You can see every podcast that we have in our roster and even find ways to support us through our Patreon. 
all the information should be easily found there. Joining me over there, and by over there, I mean the entire left side of the country, or as a lot of locals in Louisiana would say, the left coast, which is sad and funny on many, many levels. I'm joined by Nick Salazar, who so happens to be my cousin. And I've been watching The Bear a lot, so I keep wanting to say cousin, but I don't know if you'll know where I'm coming from. You know what I mean? It just might sound like I'm going a little redneck on you if I'm like, cousin, but it's really from The Bear. Welcome, Nick. I I love that show. Thank you. Oh, I'm sure you would. We should probably talk about why in a minute. Um, Man, I appreciate you joining me. Nick and I, of course, are family. We go way back, but sometimes you have those cousins. You know, maybe you don't. I get along with everybody in my family. I don't want to paint this the wrong way. I get along with everybody. Hugs, laughter, good times. But there's a couple of relatives that you just vibe with. And I mean that in the most crazy, stupid, like me. It's a bad word to use. It sounds too trendy, right? Vibe. But you really have like a fucking frequency. Yeah. Where instantly you're kind of on the same page. The humor's the same. You get each other right away. I'm nodding my head. I I hear it. (laughs) I hear it. And and for as little time as you and I have spent face like face to face time, every time we've been around each other, even with years spread between, there's like this fucking familial gravity, you know, where we'll just sort of like pool around each other and start laughing about the same shit, usually yeah. about the same people. <laughs> yeah, the same sense of humor, and yeah, no, it's just a it's a even flow. Good word. Good song. Yeah, it is. It's an even flow. And the idea, man, is just sort of a no-brainer. You know, Nick and I have been on the phone a lot more lately, and the conversations were just kind of taken off, and it was hard not to think of how much fun it would be just to have him on as a kind of a normal guest dynamic. And um, that would have been easy, because you're interesting, just on your own, right? That's easy to make conversation about. Uh, and it's already started in this podcast, in this recording, because we're like referencing the bear. I didn't have to n- ask you for confirmation without having a pretty good chance <laughs> of knowing that you're into the bear. And, you know, we share some of those. We share a lot of those interests. Yeah. And I think it like the spark was uh dinner in uh, Louisiana. Yeah. And they, and look, that's not new content because people have heard me complain yeah, yeah, yeah. about Mexican food, but I'm glad to have a witness here from another zip code, right? And and just to kind of paint the picture, we had my mother decided to have a family reunion, which honestly, dude, don't we need that shit? I mean, somebody uh, needs to do it. And I'm glad that she's the one heading it up and like getting us all together because... It it does need to happen. And she's she's great at it, right? She's great at organizing and she's kind yeah. of corny, but I love her for it. You know, she went out of her way. But it's it's almost like the priorities between I remember having the conversation with her about where to eat. And I was just like I was trying to pitch these better places, knowing that at the time I didn't think there was gonna be a place that was gonna be right that everybody would be happy with, right? And the one that I wanted, nobody else wanted. What was that? Um, there's a place in New Orleans, and I'll set the stage about how this all works out, but uh, there's a place called the Velvet Cactus that is in a nicer area of New Orleans that is uh, Mexican-ish. But to be fair, most 
self-described Mexican food restaurants in New Orleans, in my opinion, are Mexican-ish. <laughs> you know, like they're not necessarily, and maybe they shouldn't be called Mexican food because there's a lot of uh, true like influences from other Central American countries like Ecuador and Honduras. And listen, if they called themselves, I truly believe if they said this is authentic Ecuadorian food, they might get less business than just saying, oh, yeah, we're Mexican food. I mean, and it's not right. It's not. It's still Ecuadorian food. But, you know, yeah, somebody like me is going to go in there and be like, well, this isn't Mexican at all. You know, like, <laughs> what are you doing? But um, I, I do think that's a lot of of the Mexican food here in Louisiana and ca- lots of caveats with Mexican food. Right. But it's true. If you eat Mexican food in L.A. and then you eat Mexican food in Phoenix and then you eat Mexican food in Dallas and then you eat Mexican food in New Orleans. You've had a wide variety of different cuisines that are being called the same thing. I feel like it progressively gets worse as you go. Well, for, but I think it's probably the same both directions, depending on how you started, right? Yeah. Like people who've been here eating at uh, Pedro's <laughs> right. for years and love it will go to Tucson or Phoenix or go to LA and try something that there would be authentic. And look, they. Southwest is authentic. When you get into Arizona, it's, it's, it's yeah, as I was saying, like, it gets more Southwest. Like it is authentic. Yeah, yeah, and and it and that's a different flavor. And when you're there, you you know that. And I said this: the best analogy I've said to people was Cajun restaurants. Like if you take anybody from here and fly them to Oregon, and they're walking around Portland and they see so and so's Cajun Creole restaurant. Nope, not doing it. But the thing is, that's what I'm saying. Like, there may be people who love that restaurant there. And then you've got somebody from Metairie, Louisiana come in and they're going to go, oh, this is not. You know, tear it apart. Yeah, they're going to totally rip it apart. And that's a, that's a lot of what's going on. So I kinda, I'm trying to be nice because it's really hard to be here with when it comes to Mexican food, with exception to, uh, and I mean, look, I can't wait to talk to the chef of this restaurant here, but. There's a restaurant here that I've eaten at that I've already raved about, La Tia Cantina. I've spoken to that chef. He has said he will come on the show, and I can't wait. And Nick, it would be, honestly, no-brainer to for you to be on here when he comes on. Oh, that'd be awesome. That guy, his his whole approach is to stay dedicated to authentic Mexican cuisine. And it's noticeable and refreshing for me, but kind of to my point right like the difference between somewhere like pedro's which is more like tex-mex everything's smothered in a sauce and, and not really i don't even know how you would say it's like an ihop decided to serve <laughs> mexican food it, it's a really great way to tell you how it felt in that environment to me yeah and um yeah so that's a lot of what the the community here is used to recognizing as mexican food and so that one guy trying to do it authentically, it's going to have a hard time because he's saying authentic, but then eight other Mexican restaurants are serving the same, basically the same kind of slop. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, they're serving yeah, yeah. the, their, their brand is the same brand because that, they know that's what the people want. And so they're just trying to stay in business, which I can't really hate on them for too, too yeah. much. Right. Like, 
And, and I felt like the Pedro's was like the like cafeteria Mexican food. It was like had, there was nothing about it that like made me feel like it was authentic. Yeah. So let's set this up. So my mom decides to have a family reunion. There's a lot of people coming in from all over the country. Uh, our heritage is deeply Mexican on my mother's side. My father, particularly not at all <laughs> so we, there's definitely some splits there but we're not celebrating that line of family right uh, and so they everybody comes into town and my mom decides we're going to the ihop of mexican food in new orleans louisiana and uh and man let's let's stop at that point and i'm gonna give you the floor to tell them your background where you come from before you even set foot in the restaurant and also i'm drifting all over the place but bear with me it's the chemistry i'm telling you about i haven't seen nick at this point in a while and we weren't talking like regularly and shit when we did we got along we laughed and shit it was great but the soon as the as soon i'm telling you the whole family's there as soon as the dude walks in the room we're both like where are you sitting you know, like we're gonna sit and we sat right across from each other. It was yeah, and I mean that's kind of how it is. And everybody sort of pairs up like families do, but I mean, Nick gets my humor, you know, that yeah. dry, so you know, sardonic, sarcastic shit. So I knew that I'm not gonna offend you. So you're easier for me to be around because anybody else might get a little sensitive, you know, like if I'm yeah, playing yeah. the way I like to fuck around and so that's where I'm at. We we just have fucking chemistry. And here comes <laughs> Nick to validate my wife and I's experience moving here. Okay, so, dude, your background. You got to lay it on him. Okay, so uh, I opened up a Mexican restaurant in 2014 in Newport Beach. It was uh, like a Baja inspired, well, is a Baja inspired. Now, Baja, is that some sort of left coast woke terminology? <laughs> Can you explain to me what Baja means? In English, ironically, the owner is <laughs> super white, uh, as white as could be. Super Caucasian, super white. Thomas Carson is his name. Oh yeah, the Tom Carson. You can't fake that gringoism. Oh yeah, no. I mean, like, like, like a redhead. I mean, he like just couldn't be any whiter, but just loves taking trips to uh, Mexico, and so he wanted to start this whole Mexican restaurant and. uh I helped him develop the menu and logo, everything from the ground up. So, you know, we would take trips to different restaurants to kind of get ideas on like flavors and seasonings and all this stuff. So we spent a long time from 2014 up until now to uh, really uh, navigate the proper, you know, traditional Mexican food as far as tacos. Um, so getting to New Orleans... And then granted, this is what, nine, nine years down the road, go to this Mexican restaurant, sit down, and I, uh, I believe I ordered a tostada. Okay, so I want to stop you right here, because I want to back up for a second. Okay. The thing about, for anybody that has never uh, taken a trip to the Southwest and wonders what we mean when we're saying it's more authentic, and authentic to where the food's region base origin is from. So like Cajun food, New Orleans, you can trust they've got a good grasp on what that's supposed to taste like or how it's yeah. supposed to be prepared. And the further you get away from that, for a lot of reasons, it's just not going to be exactly the same. And there's there's things like that 
they say about anything like uh the pasta from italy or bagels from new york right it it, it can come down to the water it can come down to the environment it, especially the recipes and those subtle flavors that in almost every other type of cuisine like if it's italian and you say there's a really nice italian restaurant those like if you say italian cuisine french cooking cajun cooking there's always this mindset that there's this incredible attention to the nuance of the flavor it's all all treated like there's uh, respect towards it on a yeah. level that i don't think you see attached to mexican food Unless yeah. you're kind of in the Southwest, right? You don't see that anywhere else. Whereas I can find a fine Italian restaurant in like North Carolina and San Francisco. And most likely they both have a very similar approach to this is how Italians. I mean, I know there's a wide variety, but you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Like, to the point there's, there's an Italian um, restaurant in, uh, I think it's a uh, fashion Island. It's in Newport beach. They can only get items from Italy like to make their pasta, everything has to come from Italy. It's so, a type of wheat. Yeah. There's a there's a different wheat that's uh that we don't produce that here. I remember seeing something I watch a lot of cooking shows. But yeah, that's the thing is that in the Southwest, you're right there near uh they're obviously near the Mexican border and Mexico has its own states. So when you have different recipes or different renditions of these cuisines from Mexico, they're paying the same attention to that detail of flavors. And then you come further east or you come into places where it just seems like they're not doing that at all. And that, that, like, that's what Pedro's felt like, right? You felt like when you walked in there. And look, I'm not saying everything they have was terrible, but you clearly know just walking into the place that you're not, they're not romancing that sauce. They're not, you know, <laughs> they're not, they're right. not putting a lot of homework. In to that, no, not at all. I mean, even, like just the simple things of even having homemade tortillas or in-house yeah. made tortillas, like that's that's like a huge difference, and you can taste, yeah, it. and you can taste it. You really can, and the texture too. I mean, I know we're kind of sounds like we're being as a little, I know, yeah, <laughs> but it, it does make a difference, man. I mean, look, I don't care who you are, a stale Dorito isn't as good as a fresh Dorito. <laughs> like, I mean, it it does kind of come down to that sometimes. Is some of this stuff is clearly stale Dorito, you know? And, yeah. And then and then the terminology is kind of whack, like what you were saying. Like you ordered a tostada, or did you order a what did you order? I ordered a tostada, and they gave me um, this soft. It was a taco, just a flat taco. And I asked, and I remember him arguing with me that because I wanted to get carne asada on it, and he goes, "Well, that's you wanted steak, Ste yeah, steak." And he said, no, that's, that's not on the menu. And I was like, I understand that. Like, can I add it? And he was like, it's like, not written as an item, but they right. can clearly take steak and just put it where right. the and then I, ground I remember, beef used to be. And then I remember saying, can I'll, I'm willing to, I'm not asking for it free. Like just put it on there. Cause that's what I, I want on there. And then he brought it out and it was on a soft tortilla. And I was like, that's not a tostada. And he goes, yes, it is. And I said, no, it's not. <laughs> and then we ended up getting a burrito and. That was. Uh, Let me tell you the 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 com the comedic thing for us is when Brooke and I moved here like five years ago. We had a similar experience where I was saying things to the waiter that he just didn't know what I meant. And in, in you know I was used to going into a restaurant or a taqueria 
and ordering a machaca burro mm-hmm. or a burrito. Mm-hmm. And that's a like a dried, pulled brisket type yeah. of beef. And that's what it's called. That's what I've always called it. And it's a, it's delicious. And so I'm in this Mexican restaurant. I didn't think anything of it. And I said the word machaca, which I just would, I made an assumption in thinking that that would be a universal word. Now, even if the waiter were to respond with, oh, we don't serve that here. I'm sorry. I'd be like, oh, okay. Okay. No problem. You know what I mean? Like, I understand that. I understand that part. But I mean, he had no idea what the hell I just said. And that spooked the hell out of me, like right (laughs) off the bat. And so then I, I mean, you would have like, like, I'll get shredded beef. (laughs) Right. Right. And so I'm like, uh, I'll just take a, I ordered a burrito and uh, I asked him for it enchilada style. I don't know if you know what that is. I thought I would assume you do. Red sauce and melted cheese. Yeah, there you go. Easy. Simple, simple, simple. And so that's uh, awesome, by the way, if you ever get a chance to have a burrito made at a place, fat and stuffed on the plate and just covered in their enchilada sauce with cheese melted on the top of the burrito. Definitely a knife and fork experience. Oh, yeah. But rice and beans inside. Yeah, absolutely. Just a amazing, especially if if it's all done with that same love and affection that you get at some of your favorite restaurants, no matter what kind of food it is. It's insanely delicious, addictive, good. And it's the kind of thing that you want to share. So you come to just like people in New Orleans are proud of their Cajun food. You know, you they want to share that, too. And so getting into a place where you have a bunch of people from California and 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 come into Louisiana and you take them to you know IHOB International House of Burritos <laughs> and, well, and I, it was it was so disappointing and and so we had had that experience and I won't lie dude watching you suffer through it that was the best thing for me though is cuz it's so good I when I when I sent it back and I asked him for something three different. Three fucking times. Three times. And I look across the table, and you're staring at me with this gigantic smile. And I go, <laughs> and I, I look at you, I go, am I being a dick? And you're like, no. And you like shook your head, and you're like, it's just hilarious, because we've been saying the same shit. <laughs> and you were like, I'm glad somebody else thinks this way. Like, Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, the thing is, is even now, I'm sure somebody's listening to us talk about this shit and thinking we're just stuck up pricks about it. It's it's just that you get used to whatever. And it happens in all kinds of ways all the time. You know, maybe yeah. your mom made the best pork chops on the planet. And so you don't eat pork chops anywhere else because they're always disappointing kind of thing. Yeah. And and it really does plug into that. What's the funniest part is when you have somebody who really just cares about food. Yeah. Just cares about food at Absolutely. all. Absolutely. Or hobby. That just comes off as lazy as fuck. Right. And just not even giving a shit. It feels like a hustle, especially if you're there going, how come we can't find a same language? Because you sent it back and that's what was going on. You wanted steak on the tostada, but he could he they wouldn't let him do that. He couldn't print that up in his menu for whatever reason. So he kept bringing you something that was totally different. And and he could have just brought you the steak. And you even asked him, you go, you could just bring me the steak. And yeah. I'll do it here. And they would, the guy, I feel bad. And I want to say this, if for whatever reason, there was some communication barrier I'm not aware of, or some learning disability I'm not aware of, I want to know, I want you to know, I'm not 
aiming to make fun of somebody who's had genuine struggles. However, that gentleman looked like he was well into his 40s. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly couldn't comprehend. (laughs) Yeah, he knew enough to where this seemed like a joke. Like it like we were being pranked because it was three or four times he kept bringing the wrong thing. Yep. More frustrated. And finally, when you just stopped asking and you were resolved to eat and you went I was defeated. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I just need to get food in my belly at this point. And I could see it. And so there's already this moment where you're like, okay, well, at least he's going to eat. And I remember you put some salsa on your fucking food and you looked at it kind of funny. And I, I just remember this moment of you putting your finger in the salsa and tasting it and go, you fucking pointed <laughs> to it. You pointed to it like you knew it had stole your shit. Like you were pointing it to a cop, right? You pointed to it and you went, that's fucking ragu. That's pasta sauce. And I started laughing. You go, that is tomato sauce. That's pizza sauce. That is pizza sauce. He gave me marinara. Uh, I was laughing my ass off and we all started tasting it because we're like, it does taste like marinara. It tastes like marinara. I mean, and of course it made me feel seen. Like, you know, you're like, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. And it's not, it's not like you're trying to be a, a snooty prick. It's just like, man, you, <laughs> it's truly like you, this can't be. There's no love in it. There's zero fucking love in it zero at love. all. At all. And that's the whole point, man. Like, we, like, like I cook at home a lot. I cook for people. And I, that's my biggest thing is, you know. I'm I'm the guy who I'm I'm plating and I'm putting it on there so like it looks amazing and it also tastes good. But I'll I'll, I'll sit there and ask you five times while you're eating it: Is it good? Do you like it? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm. I listen. Another thing we have in common because when I whenever I've made food for anybody that's eating in my home, as soon as first off, I'm sure you're like me. Chef eats last. I won't oh, eat yeah. until everybody's already done. Basically, absolutely. Um, but. During, like, after they've all taken one bite, I will loudly proclaim this chef runs on compliments <laughs> and just, and just kind of look at everybody. And then everybody will just kind of make a bunch of, if I've done my job, right? If you've done your job, you don't get compliments, you get groans, right? You get, mm, 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 yeah. Right? And if the room's stuff. quiet, you know it's good. Even better. Even yeah. better. But you aim for it, not, be, I mean, and that's the thing, man. It's, it's, I, it's almost, I think you'll agree with me about this because it's just occurred to me and it seems obvious. It should be obvious, but this is sometimes I'm fucking dumb. But yeah, that, that occurs to me that the thing about New Orleans cooking, we're not talking about Mexican food right now. The thing about coming to New Orleans is that you can find so many mom and pop places that are not big, fancy restaurants. Some of the best restaurants in the city that are well-known and respected for their food don't have matching tables and chairs. They're small. There's a long wait. There's a small kitchen. The whole city is about respecting food, flavor, healing through food, comfort eating. I mean, look, the obesity problem here has probably saved lives. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) mean, in some way, shape, or form, right? And I mean, that's the part that makes it so fucking absurd is that i can i can tell you right now 
I can find hole in the wall places for almost every type of great food, but here the Mexican food in some of the most popular restaurants are is not it's the one exception to the rule where it's just not handled with the same kind of overall with exception to certain places La Tia Cantina yeah. honorable fucking mentioned for that guy paving the road velvet cactus still does a little bit of that but you can still tell that the people they have a standard they're trying to keep you know we've been to yeah. several places that are worth eating in terms of like mexican or or even if they own it and they say you know central american cuisine or fusion that's probably a more accurate or colombian food like you can find a lot of those places here yeah it's more the Mexican thing. A lot of those restaurants, like the one you went to, didn't it does seem no love, no didn't give a shit. It needs to be yeah. red, it needs to be cheesy. Throw some lettuce in there. And that's right? the thing. <laughs> just flavorless, loveless, it, you know, and again, New Orleans, I one of the things I loved is the food. Aside from the just the overall people out there with that I tell people this all the time that that southern hospitality man is, is it's real. So let's talk about that. Let, you know, let me tell you what, here we're at like about the 30 minute mark. And I think it would be wise for us to take a second and do a little shout out to some of the other podcasts here on the network. And then we'll get back to that conversation, Nick. Got it. I don't know if you caught this at the top of the show, but if you're listening, one of the newest projects that really Mitch and Dean Delp, which is... If you have not uh, checked out his podcast, Modernist Monastery, that's another Ruminations Radio Network podcast that will feel like your brain is working out, but in a really calm and philosophical way. It's a deep trip and worth, worth the listen. It's hard to explain other than to say it's really worth, it's really worth checking out his, his content. It is um, compelling, mind-opening stuff, really. And I can't wait to have him on a guest uh, as a guest coming soon. But those two gentlemen have really put in the time to put all of our backlog content available on YouTube on a timed release starting from the beginning. And almost every day, maybe every day, there's a new episode from a different podcast that gets dropped there for you to enjoy all of where these podcasts started in their early episodes, and you can catch up on everything we've already done. That's on YouTube right now. You can just easily find us. I did. I just hit Ruminations Radio. I didn't even have to finish it, and it popped up. And it's easy to check out all kinds of different content. Subscribe, support us, see if you like it. And as usual, you can just listen to our podcast through Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate your support. Hit that thumbs up. Give us a million stars. Tell everybody about us. We'll keep making more content. Ruminations Radio Network can also be checked out on our website by the same name, but with three W's in front of it. You've heard me talk about it at the beginning. I will also mention it at the end. We're going to get back to talking to Nick about why he wants to move to the dirty South. <laughs> I mean, look, it's a weird thing, man. Uh, I, I, I've heard locals say to me that it's weird and odd for somebody to want to move to New Orleans without a family connection. Now, you have a family connection, obviously, but not the same, right? Like, I mean, I moved here because my sister was, my sisters were here. My, you know, a bunch of my family was here. I was here as a kid. In a lot of ways, this is home base. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's always been kind of 
in our family since we were kids at least yeah that's it's been a, a like a fob in the military right it's a forward operating base for everybody in some yeah. way and unfairly family reunions keep happening between texas and louisiana i don't think we've had one in california we've got no. a fucking lot of family out there because nobody wants to come out here that's <laughs> which is ironic which is horseshit dude it's it, it, so stupid yeah, it's ironic as hell. I mean, it's it's cool. It, it, like, you know, going out to Texas since I was a kid and then, you know, being able to go out to Louisiana is great. Like, And that's the origin, by the way. That's the origin for that side of our, for my mom's side of the family and his dad's side of the family. It, it all sort of goes through Texas. It does. Yeah. I mean, my dad grew up and was born and raised in Texas and then decided to move out to California. And that's where I came about. And but. We always keep going back. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I get it. But the thing is, is that everybody's slowly left. I mean, there's still kind of a core group in Texas, but mostly people left. <laughs> they went somewhere else. Lupe's been in Louisiana. Janie just moved to Louisiana from Dallas, where she's been just, there for how long? It's like five years now, man. Well, yeah, I mean, it goes by so fast. <laughs> it does. It really does. But so yeah. what? What? what's the thing? I mean, how much time have you... Like, when did you know? Because the the crazy thing between Nick and I is that I didn't know you that you wanted to move to New Orleans of all places. You know what I mean? So did that happen here in the last couple of years or was it something you've known for a long time? So I visited, what, like six years ago? Yeah. And then when I just came out there this last time was like a really like a solidifying. I loved it the first time I went out there and I had, I mean. My mom took me out there when I was like two, so I have no idea what, you know, no, no recollection of it. But when I went out there the, the few years ago, I just fell in love with the city. I mean, yeah. you know, and the people and the food, that was like a huge thing for me because I'm, you know, even though I hate the word foodie, I hate it. <laughs> I hate well, it. Yeah, listen, I don't know what the hell to call myself either. I, 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 just, I just enjoy really good food. And I mean, I can be pretentious about it and just be like that sucks that sucks this is delicious you know but i just i just love good food and new orleans has a lot of it it really does well they there's an attitude here about food that may not be like i i've said a lot of times that the difference that a people feel in the community between say arizona from my experience and mm. uh and here is that there's not a lot of catastrophic circumstances that drive people together in Arizona. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Like the, if there was a, if there was a fucking silver lining in the hurricane storm cloud, it's that in those moments you do have this sense of community that really just shows itself in moments that nobody's in control of. And it, yeah. and it's a weird thing. And I, 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 I don't know how else to explain it because everybody kind of knows the suck here. And I think I get it a little more having lived here now for as long as I have as an adult, not as a kid. I, I get what you're saying. Like you, you can fall in love with the attitude of the city because they, they know, they know that there's another bad storm around the corner. And what you fall in love with is that most of them don't give a shit. They're like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like yeah <laughs> we're gonna have to fix that roof again we're gonna have to do you know like it there's a interesting charm in that and toughness romantic toughness about that that i kind of dig and it it gets into the few in the food where there's a communication with the food here that 
even when you don't need comfort and you go to a restaurant, like a seafood restaurant here, everything is made like you're trying to get over something. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like everything is made like here, this will make you feel better. You're like, yeah. yeah. You know, and you just, everything has got these deep, you know, flavors. And look, big surprise of brooded in French cooking. The, right. the methods are solid. The flavors are eclectic. And the people use it to get through some seriously, this place is challenging. And it, it really does either turn you into an alcoholic and break you, or it makes you somebody that's kind of buoyant, you know, like a, you're a flotation device. Got it. At least that's my, you know, that that's where I think the humor comes from, you know, and I love that sort of Southern bent. I was thinking about this today because I was going to ask you why you wanted to move here. And I thought, you know, it's one of the things that I love about it is it's the kind of place where you'll hear somebody randomly go, when's the last time you realized you were kind of a son of a bitch? <laughs> and you go, yeah, actually, I, I get it. You know, like I, yeah. I get what you're saying there. Yeah, but it, there's a, there's, there's something to that. A lot of shit to I could complain about, and I've even complained about some of it on here. But I take your point, man. It's it can be it's it's a fun place, but even, but there's not a lot of people influxing into a landlocked old city. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, I, but I mean, like growing up in Orange County, I mean, a lot of people always want to move to California, and like they think it's like this like great destination, and it's cool. It's like you got the beaches, weather's awesome i just had to fight off the instinct to dad joke my way into saying i hear they know how to party but i didn't want to make tupac roll over in his grave <laughs> <laughs> from some widow like butchering the whole thing <laughs> no i i get i get it yeah people have they do have a misguided idea of what it is yeah like it's I mean, just the people out here are a lot different and in the sense that you can't just walk down the street and go, hey, how you doing? Nine times out of 10, they'll just ignore you. And it, it, they're, I mean, I don't really want to talk too much shit on it, but. No, no, talk more. Okay. All right. More shit. All right. They're a bunch of pretentious assholes. Yeah. How many people do you think are going to be upset hearing trash about California? Uh, it's, it's, it sucks. They're, you know, super entitled. Uh, demanding and just it's their world you know like they don't give a shit about you or me or anybody else around them unless it's their son or daughter and even in that sense there's still don't even like watch them or take care of them and this is just me working 10 years in the restaurant industry watching families just like let their kids run amok and parenting isn't the same over here and you know you don't have that like respect your mother and father kind of thing so it's it's just it's different. No, I listen. I I I understand. I understand what you're saying too. I really I do. But I kind of to what my point that I was saying between Arizona and here. I mean that area of the world. There just isn't a routine event that's driving the community to have to sort of look out for each other. Right, and that's what I mean. Like you, it just lets them sort of be. Nobody's looking out for anybody out here. Yeah, but they they don't need to. Right. They they totally have the ability to be self-involved without having to depend on anybody because there's not 
a giant storm knocking the tree down. It, and look, it happens to some areas. I mean, we should, like honorable mention to to big giant fucking fires and the random like West Coast hurricane that sometimes comes up and slaps everybody around a little bit. But <laughs> generally speaking, it's not normal. Yeah, nobody's reaching out for anybody or, or like trying to help anybody out. Like like what you were saying is like the eye of the storm. They'll come out and be like, you good? Yeah, that was cool. I mean, it seems like, and maybe I'm wrong. I mean, let me say, let me preface. I've said this, I've told this story before, but maybe I'm wrong that this might happen no matter where it was in America. Maybe. Okay, fair. I've got no reason to say it wouldn't. But it's, it stood out to me. That during a hurricane, which wasn't a, it wasn't like a category four or even a category three. I think at the time that it went over where I live, it was a category two hurricane, which is still a lot of wind and rain and not what you expect. It's, it's a little crazy. You get used to it. Yeah. But, um, right as the eye of the storm was right above us. So very calm, weirdly calm, no wind kind of moment. Everybody in the neighborhood came out because two doors down from me, a tree had become unrooted, rather large tree, and it had tipped and was leaning on the house, had fallen on the house. And so everybody walked out, and I mean 25 people. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of homes Yeah, that people walked out of their door and kind of came together and walked down there and checked on them. And look, it wasn't any kind of crazy story after that. Turns out they were fine. The roof hadn't busted, so the water wasn't coming in, and they were safe. And then everybody went back to their homes and rode out the rest of the storm. But it was the fact that if if we needed to bust down a door and get people out, they were there. Like, they were ready to do it. And it was interesting, and it was a cool moment because I... I was still new here, but there was truly no, whatever you might, I got the feeling that whatever these people don't agree on or don't like about the other, or maybe they think that guy should have cut his lawn more or whatever their opinions are, were just like, not at all what everybody was out there for the same reason to check on their neighbor. And you know what would happen if that was, it was out here? I don't. They would just get their 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 phones out and they would video it and they'd be like, "That's crazy." And then they go back. Look to at the that house. tree. I wonder. Hope they're yeah. okay. Somebody should call the fire department. Yeah, yeah listen. And then they go I, right I, back I, in their yeah. house and they'd be like, "Damn, that was gnarly." And then they would they would just post it and then that's it. That that's end of story for them. So there's two ways I get to that when I hear because I'm with you, right? I think the same thing. But so after describing it like that, there's a huge part of me that says. Like when I'm talking about it initially, I get upset too, or I get judgmental. I'm like, God, put your fucking phone away. But then I'm kind of on the other side of it going, they've never had any motivating factors that would make them go further than what they're going. You know what I mean? Like they're product, almost like nature nurture, right? They're they're the product of their environment. Yeah. And uh, I don't know that that, I mean, it's still the same. There's, there's still a lot of that everywhere, but you're right. I mean, this area is very much more still rooted in things that I think you and I found familiar from our kid, our childhood. It's more community driven rather than it. It does tend to feel like that too. Yeah. Yeah. The city, the the people here, those traditions are sort of ingrained, you know, this is a 
this is a place that's meant for people to get out and and look to you ask me on different days on a great day i'll say this is a place where people are supposed to get out and enjoy the city it's supposed to be a city full of something to do live music events and if you're a disciplined on just a casual guy who's not trying to get just completely shit-faced all the time this is a great place to be it's a friendly place to be yeah but this is a this is the kind of place where if you really have a drinking problem this is not the place you want to be if you know this 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 city will if you you feel like you it can and look it has for family i know it has and i mean I, i i can see it right i can see how that is I mean, that's easy to fall into, man. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, but I mean, especially if you're, you know, in downtown, I mean, you've got open carry. You can just walk the streets drinking all night long. Yeah. How far is this bar? Oh, that's a three beer walk. You should get going. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's how people talk. Yeah. Yeah. So you fell in love with it. You just kind of had a feeling about it. You like the the people. You like the community with what exposure you've had in it. And the, and the food. Oh, the food's, yeah, it's hard not to love the food. You'll miss a lot, but it's great for a lot of reasons, too. You're not worried about hurricanes? I mean, a little bit. Never dealt with one, so I, you know, I'm, I'm a rookie when it comes to that. I, I don't, it doesn't phase me at this point. They suck, uh, sure. Damages suck, also, sure. Evacuating under a bad hurricane sucks. And you definitely have... Some- Where do you go when they evacuate? away (laughs) (laughs) like last that's a real you got to have a plan and for us when we had to evacuate for hurricane ida we got in the car and started driving west it was really tricky because the hurricane moved in more quickly than any hurricane in the history of tracking hurricanes and that affected the evacuation of the city because they couldn't open up both sides of the highway. So I-10 going east and west would have been made to both go east or and both go west, depending on which way you left New Orleans. Got it. There wouldn't have been any crossing, right? It would have just been like all everybody go on both of sides of the highway towards Houston kind of thing. But because it happened so fast, they didn't get that set up. So it was just that one side going west and a very like maybe 48 hour window for the entire city to get out. And it was a mandatory evacuation because it was going to hit the city and it was going to be a category three, maybe a category four, which is very bad, very big wins. Yeah. And look, ultimately what that means is things are going to get damaged, but mostly they worry about the water and keep it realistic. It's not feet and feet. The city's going to be under like a 50 feet of water. It's not like that. You, you just need three feet. And, and the reason it's a problem has a lot to do with, you know, grown ass adult shit. Like your insurance is going to be fucked when 50,000 homes are under three feet of water. And that's all it takes to ruin a bunch of stuff in your home. Yeah. I mean, I've been through a flood in Westminster, but (laughs) <laughs> not as bad as as Louisiana, but but so th- again, it's kind of one of those things where there's a fair judgment about that when people can say, "Oh, well, you know, if you're not super rich or if you can't live in a place that's 
the best place where you can't you're not living in a house that's been raised a little bit so it's not affected like people would think that's too much of a pain to deal with but i think you deal with drought you deal with excessive heat you deal with cold you deal with mudslides and fires and like i don't know that there's some there's very few perfect places and those perfect places are not going to produce a perfect experience all the time. Like Southern right. California is perfect weather, but it might not be the kind of people you want to be around, for instance. And Exactly. And as much as my my criticism of like, you know, I criticize a lot about how people approach their repairs in this city because they kind of, it's kind of like the making your bed argument when you were a kid. Like, you know, you're like, well, you better make your bed. And you're like, well, I'm just going to mess it up earlier, later. You know, why am I bothering? Yeah. There's a lot of that. In in terms of how people want to fix up their shit, right? Because they're like, well, it's just going to get hit by another hurricane. It's going to get messed up, yeah. But here's the thing about that, and kind of what I think I've gotten from this city. Like when I was a kid, and what I think I took with me and then rediscovered that that this is where that came from in me personally, to my friends at least, is that I really think their view of a lot of great people here just don't give a shit about the material stuff. And so when they buy a sofa, they're not trying to necessarily buy the nicest fucking sofa they can put on their Instagram account to show off that they've made it. Yeah, They go for a comfortable sofa that they love, that they can wear the hell out of it while they're doing other things that they love, like watch LSU win the baseball championship <laughs> or watch a you know, any professional sports and they get into like anything they're passionate about. And then if that shit's under three, four feet of water, they also don't have those attachments, right? They're, they're yeah. more like, Oh fuck shit. Well, throw it out. Let's get another couch. The game's coming on Sunday. I want to get everything <laughs> ready. You know, there's something to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's something to that where they they want the experiences. They want the community they want. And don't get me wrong. There's a lot of nice furniture, a lot of beautiful homes. There are people who can afford to live that way. But for people who are hardworking, blue collar, can't afford to have the nicest shit and all the best coverage, their values are really rooted in that stuff that's attracting you to come here in, from what I've seen, right? It's much more, you can go and ask your neighbor for something. There's a lot of highs. There's a lot of waves. Shit that they make fun of. Like if you hear a comedian from Boston talk about it, it's, it's kind of true, right? There's a lot of, <laughs> how you doing? I'm right. fine. How are you? Yeah, and and I mean, and I absolutely adore that for everybody from somebody you're ordering at a drive-through or whether you're getting groceries. There's always going to be somebody calling you baby. All right, baby. All right, you have a nice day now, baby. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I like that. I'm gonna go enjoy my burger and fries. Those little terms of endearment. Yeah, yeah, because I think there's, I think that's all rendered out of hard times. And it's hard times that everybody can relate to for the most part here because it's the, they know the suck. It's the same suck everybody deals with. And I think that's a, there's some positive. It's a humbling life. It's a humbling lifestyle. It, it really just, it dresses you down, man. You know what I yeah. mean? It, it, yeah. it throws some sewage water on that fur coat. And that's a lot of the attitude here is, yeah. And I'm, I got to tell you, we need that out here. <laughs> well, look, that's, like, throw a hurricane that is, our way. Like alley-oop one this way. That, that is the, the thing, though, right? They play a foil. It is kind of a foil on that West Coast 
you know yeah and you can see it do you get do you get that like do you come across like a uh Californians SNL bit and go, that's funny because it's a little close it's to reality. Really close, like super close. <laughs> and that and that and like and that's what I hate about it so much is because it is too close. And I'm like, God damn it. I hate it here. <laughs> I always have that image of Kristen Wig. Like Kristen Wig going, at this time of day, it's gonna be jabbed. <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah, that's <laughs> Like they've got so little to worry about, and then they, they make a big deal about it. It's like you guys, oh, yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. Right. Th- throw in our way. Let's get these people on the like ground level. You know? Yeah. Look, I, I, um, we, we clearly chose to live here. My wife's always had a a fascination with the city, and it's a mysterious and very cool, old, interesting place. It's not yeah. an easy place, but it's a worthwhile place, and. I've become a shot. I'm more of a fan of it than I thought I would be, especially after having a chance to get out and enjoy the city. You know, we've, yeah. we've really enjoyed it. I hope you move out of here, man. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see how you do. I'm still game planning. Let's, uh, let's get back to the food. I know we were going to touch base on like the bear. Let's get into that. Lay it on me, man. What do let's you think? Let about you it? take the reins. What do you, what do you, what do you got on the bear? Let's get your thoughts on it first. Well, let's tell everybody we're going to cover the bear. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, you know, just to make sure everybody knows what we're talking about here. Look, we know everybody knows there's just too much shit to watch. There's they've, they've recreated cable television, right? It used to just be channels all on one box. Then you wanted to get the apps and now you have so many apps, it feels like you're going back to the channels and the cable box. <laughs> you know, it's just all through your phone and your Chromecast or through your, you know, Apple TV or whatever, your uh, Roku. Like, it's it's basically the same shit. But so many programs that we know you don't get a chance to watch. And I know that every time I hang out with close friends or even text friends that I know maybe have a certain genre that they're into and I know they would like something else, but they don't go outside their bounds. Right. Like you can have a a friend who's totally into Marvel, who's right now watching secret wars and they're never going to look at a show like the bear yeah. until a friend of theirs comes along and says, Hey, you've got to see this show and tells them why. Right. And so to give you um, an idea, the bear it's on Hulu it just premiered with its second season. You know, most of the actors are people that I wouldn't say are big names in every household. But if you watched Shameless on Showtime, then you'll recognize some of the actors in there. And you might recognize some of the faces. But the show is a great show for anybody who's either worked with food professionally or just loves food in a deep way and i don't know how else to characterize it i without starting to describe it and i don't want to describe it too too hard because i want people to watch it i i I can say that as a show it's the fucking filming and the acting and the tension that they deliver in these environments that you wouldn't expect is and look that's real shit like top fucking notch all of it's real shit it feels real it feels real and it feels it's hard to you know sometimes you come across a show like that 
like Breaking Bad that captures just it just captures something. And if I tried to describe Breaking Bad to people who'd never seen it in those early seasons, it's really hard to describe other than to say incredible character acting, incredible writing, and fucking just hard not to watch. You're just addicted right away. And um has a lot to do with food. Has a ton to do with food, but has all food and family dynamics is basically the show. Yeah. But in, in a crazy, chaotic, deep hearted way, it takes place in Chicago and um is is special. Highly encouraged to watch it. So season two comes out. Uh the season one really Man, you you have an emotional journey getting through it. Um, this is not a review show, so I don't want to kill anything out. But it it really does inspire you. Like it inspires you to find restaurants like the one you want to find these guys and support them, right? And Absolutely. guys like you, guys like yourself, guys like we have another family member that is a a an amazing uh, and talented chef and kitchen manager who I talk food with all the time. And same shit. You know, and he said the same thing about the bear, like for, for guys who know what it's like to be in a, uh, the back operations of a restaurant that's in high demand, super popular and really gives a shit about its food, the chaos that they capture, everybody I know that's worked in that environment says that's real shit. (laughs) Like that is real. Yeah. The way that they, they acted out and they did a whole episode in one shot, man. That that series finale was one shot. Wow. And it's pure chaos from start to finish. And it's exhausting. You end up exhausted at the end of that. And it's um incredible and worth watching. You know, uh last thing I'll say about it, it, it trying to describe it to you. Let's just say a a young brother, younger brother who is a talented chef comes back to his family's restaurant and wants to make it something special, but he walked away from the limelight in order to do it. And this place is pure chaos. And though this is all in the light of his brother committing suicide, that's the stage. It's insane. It's intense. It's insane. I love the hell out of it. I love the acting. I love the story. I can't talk about it anymore without wanting to give everything away. I love it. And I do think about you. Right here's it does kind of have some fucking parallels, dude. Well, yeah, that's it's like the love. Like you want to break away, you want to open your own restaurant, you want to carve your own stone in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like turning Pedro's into a <laughs> like a El Perico Cafe. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a whole nother that's a whole nother deep dive. We'll have to go into that. Yeah, but no, it's a it's a great show that. But that, like, the love that he has and the passion and where he just, you know, the drive of making it what it, what he wants it to be and turning it around and doing that, like, that's the whole point of good food. Yeah, you know, the thing I really think, the reason I like the show or shows like that is the main, you know, the main character is not, I mean, he's the protagonist, but he's a fleshed out, flawed survivor i mean that's the thing and i like that particular brand of leadership that he shows and also uh i think that kind of to to use a a really confusing 
um, hard word, I think, for some reason. Now, I don't find it hard, but I don't want anybody to misinterpret my meaning with the use of it. But it is it is a great representation of masculinity that you don't really see represented without going over the top with cl- cliche, old, dusty, like, renditions of it, right? Here's a guy taking responsibility for a lot and you can and and very clearly showing that he's struggling with the weight on his shoulders not afraid to stand by his opinion fight for what he thinks but he's also asking for help uh, you know all of these things i like that demonstration of you know I, I i hate to i hate the term pull yourself up by your bootstraps i hate that terminology <laughs> but this is maybe one of the few Ver, like uh, something I can use it to describe that doesn't yeah. feel like it's trite. You know, it, it's yeah. a great show because it really does sh- capture something about that magic that goes on when you're trying to make this fucking thing fly. Right. Yeah. There's a Han yeah. Solo aspect of it where he's like, yeah, yeah. just like trying to Fonzie his way to get the thing to start. You know, he's like hitting it at the right <laughs> spot. And he knows that, you know, he's got to make this last another day. Where is he going to, you know, I like all of that resourcefulness and, and, and it's a drama. I mean, it shows him dealing with moments where he's dealing with loss. He's dealing with his own, you know, fears that he's not good enough to do what he needs to do. Really desperate circumstances to have to get over. It's, you don't see that. You don't see a man in that represented like that in a show like that very often you know what right. i'm saying usually yeah. it has yeah. to be some jack reacher character <laughs> yeah in order to demonstrate <laughs> strength and fortitude right which look look no shame i fucking love that show and i'm I'm a sucker for it too i watched top gun it was awesome but you get my you know what i mean like it doesn't yeah, yeah, always yeah. have to be that particular brand of charisma and and that platitude that's been sort of demonstrated over and over in movies. I still love Mm -hmm. it, but it's cool to see somebody nail it with a flawed and somehow perfect fucking character. Right. So that's my answer. That's what I'm into. I tried to not get to uh, the whole time. I'm trying to like avoid the cones on the fucking road, not give away too much. Yeah. yeah, You know, cause I I don't want it to be like a review show. Right. I don't want it to be like where I'm just telling everybody everything with exception to say it, it, I think we love it for the same reasons because we identify with that character in ways that we don't see very many characters written. You can't yeah. say there's too many other shows you've watched where you yourself can go, I relate to that. Yeah. And you do have that. Was there, I mean, is there something that stood out to you in this new, you well, how many episodes of the new season have you watched? Um, three. So I'm, I've only watched one. I okay. just finished the first one. It's hard because I, you know, I don't want to. It's hard, right? You bring it up and it's like, ah. Uh. With shows like these, and they're so good because, like, I just want to like burn. I just want to like burn through them, you know? Because I'm just, I'll just stay oh, I, yeah. watching everyone. Uh, so I, I've been trying to pace myself, but it's it's so good. And that, like, that that's what I was saying, like about like the love and the passion, like getting into the food, and I can really like feel for it. Well, let's take this last like 10 minutes or so. And what I would like to do, because other than those things that we've covered so far, like we know you a little bit about what you're doing, your experience, 
how you want to take that experience and move to the dirty south. That's just my term for it. You can call it whatever you want. Just don't ever call it Nolens. Nobody calls it Nolens. Like nobody says N A W L I N S, right? That's on a t shirt right. or something. Yeah. There's nobody who actually fucking says it. And anytime yeah. we hear anybody that says that, we're like, oh, where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> just so right. turned off immediately. Uh, I mean, it's it's a dead, dead it's giveaway. A get, a get, dead know? giveaway, yeah. It's a dead giveaway, bro. Yeah. Um, but there's other interests that you have that we've talked about. You know, you're not just, uh, and I don't want to say just, but chef isn't it. No. There's other things. You're a recording artist. Yes. You're a musician. Yes. I want to, I, I want to, uh, you know, you, I, I hope that this hour when somebody else, third party listens, can see the chemistry that's here between you and I and why we thought we'd give it a shot. But you were interested in the idea of being a, on a podcast or having something as, even as a, as a guest or a host, right? Does, mm-hmm. do you think that interest stems from, being a recording artist, I mean, a mu- musician, or do you think that's a, is that a separate interest? Um, and why? Like, what's your what what? I can tell you what my motivation was, pretty straightforward. But what's yours? I mean, I I love music. I, like, I love all from classical to metal, even death metal for that matter. And we're trying. Look, I mean, what you're? I listened to five samples. Please tell us about it. Tell them what do you you know where can people find the music? What where are they looking for? I know it's on Spotify. Let them know. So um, yeah, my music is uh, Five Waters of Fire on Spotify. Um, I have a few songs on there that are you know there's a couple acoustic and then a couple of like experimental kind of jazzy funk free flow. Yeah, that Nola that Nola has got me by the heartstrings. Man. That was one hundred percent inspired by being in new orleans it, it the jazz out there you could tell it, it, it just it just hit me different i've been inspired by a lot of music i try to not to like funnel myself into like a certain style i try to play like everything for everybody i mean my biggest inspirations when growing up was like rage against the machine afi uh pennywise all the way to like coheed and then andreas segovia classical guitarist so you're gonna get a lot of you're you're earning. Uh, you don't know this, but you're getting points from editor as he's listening to this in real time. Whenever it happens, uh, <laughs> nice. Mitch is there going yes and stroking his invisible evil beard. He's like yes, another soul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I just I love writing and recording music, and honestly, it, for me, it's kind of just sharing my heart with people. I don't write it to, you know, I don't write it for a record contract. I write it so people can feel what I feel and that's it. And I truly believe that's what like music is or should be anyway, is having people feel what you feel. And that's how I write. And you edit it yourself. You mixed it everything on your own. Yeah. What do you use? Like GarageBand? Yeah. Right now, GarageBand. And then I record through like, you know, all my beats and stuff through through a keyboard and then i do my own guitar vocals bass and piano myself wow but yeah i've been doing it since i was well i mean when i was 17 i started learning how to play guitar and i was playing in bands and i started writing my own stuff because you know bands are hard to 
really navigate and like become successful. So I was writing music for bands and then on the side, I would write my own stuff that was like personal to me. And that's, that's where like most of my heart was. Wow. Yeah. I don't have that kind of talent, but you know, what occurred to me is how you saying all of this about being a musician and how you approach it and how you're recording all everything yourself. It's, it's like, if I saw that and then underneath it was a description, like your name and where you're from say when it says you're from orange County and I'm listening to that, that sounds <laughs> not like that doesn't sound as normal as if you say, yeah, I'm from new Orleans. Uh, I write all my own music. Uh, you know, it's like, it seems more fitting <laughs> for the, <laughs> for the city. <laughs> Honestly, it kind of does. And that's the thing was when I was out there, it just, it like, just, it came over me and just uh, like I enveloped it. And yeah, that's, I mean, anywhere I, anything I listen to. Yeah, there's to, a lot of that here. Yeah. I mean, and look, that's the thing, right? It's one of those places where you'll have people who are, you know, white collar jobs during the day, but at night they're playing a, you know, a, a trombone at Fritzl's. Yeah. You know, and, and everybody loves it and they're, they're enjoying it. Yeah. It's, um, it's a it's it's only considered a strange place because I think the rest of the world is at least the rest of the country has sort of moved on well into the modern day. And New Orleans is just always gonna be a place that's like, nah, we're not quite ready to do it. Yeah. All the way. Yeah. Good and bad. Good, right, good right. and bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't say all good, but yeah, it is. It they are very reluctant to lose that part of what they've always enjoyed and then you know something to it man you probably fit in really really well what about the podcasting like what kind of podcast do you listen to i know you and i share the two bears one cave yeah. kind of love and your mom's house and but i mean do you listen to other podcasts that aren't sort of comedic in nature um i mean i obviously i i do listen to joe rogan um but i'm selective about it I like to listen to him when he talks to like uh, less and less over time is how it's gone. For yeah, me. There, there, there's a lot. But with him, I like to listen to like either psychologist or uh, there's a couple that he does with like Graham Hancock or. Yeah, yeah. I feel you there. Like archaeologist, anthropology. Yeah, yeah. Like those are great Joe Rogan episodes. But yeah, whenever if I see like a, I think I've heard all of his like whenever it comes across like somebody like I feel is really there to be on a platform i'm less interested yeah i don't listen to any of them when he talks with the fighters and stuff but anything like where i can like learn you know like i, yeah. I love listening to those or even hear a fair opposite perspective from yeah. something you might agree with I, i'm i'm off but i can get that at other places too but other than rogan and um things like that like i'm i can totally dork out man there's been plenty of times where I have gotten a deep roll of the eyes and a facial expression that I have always taken to mean that Brooke is questioning her decisions of men to pair with in life. When she walks up and I'm li I'm like listening to the PBS News Hour. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. I, I I'm definitely into that like politics news of the day, international news. I'm really curious to get different perspectives on these things and try to see what is consistent and what isn't because then i can sort of read why that why there's some selective editing yeah you know from yeah, whoever yeah. the source is and 
it helps me sort of discern a little bit more of what's really going on. But yeah, I mean, I listen to a lot of different podcasts based out of curiosity Yeah, on anything, YouTube and podcasts. I mean, let's be fair. A lot of my podcast consumption does go through YouTube now. Yeah. Like I, I gotta be honest. I'm not real. I don't really listen to a lot of politics. I'm more into like the religion and the archeology span and history. Like I listen, I listen to like some Sam Harris Who's an atheist? And I'm not an atheist. I love. I like Sam Harris. I like Sam Harris. I prefer Sam Harris to Jordan Peterson. Yeah, one hundred percent. He's good. Yeah, I, I I gotta brush up on my my current affair as far as like um, politics are concerned. Because or you don't. You don't have yeah, to. Yeah. Like I mean, I you know I I I kind of don't know that everybody has to. I think it's. Uh, I, I'm not saying that. You know, and a matter of fact, sometimes I like, I have family members that are your family members, come to think of it, and they, uh, and they definitely <laughs> don't fucking agree uh, with a lot of things that I'm on. But, you know, I, I've gotten to a place now where I just really care about things being discussed with honesty. Absolutely. Right? Like, I, yeah. I'm widely accepting of things I don't agree with, as long as we're all being honest about it. I mean, by accepting, I mean, I accept that a person has a different opinion and it doesn't bother me that it's a different opinion as long as it's rooted in something true. (laughs) You know, like, I have a lot more respect for somebody who goes, I know Donald Trump's a crooked lying grifter, but I like him. I'm a supporter. I'd be like, okay, you know, uh, I mean, the guy knows what he likes. You know, I'm not mad at that guy (laughs) as much as I'm mad at the guy who's like, he is the good Lord's tool on the face of the earth that can do no wrong <laughs> then i'm like uh he's a tool all right but, uh, yeah, then, now, now let me spit some wisdom uh, at you yeah that's when i always uh, yeah like, are you really do you really believe? you know but I, I do find myself in a place where like somebody will, family member will walk up and go well, what do you think about this and i know what they're asking me is may, this he'll shoot me straight like i feel good to have gotten to this place because they know I'm not just going to take the opportunity to bash something about what they believe or what who they like. Yeah. But it has a lot to do with just being informed. And they know I right. give a shit more than they do. And I probably have more time than they do. And so I can give them an honest, you know, like, hey, it sucks for your dude, but it doesn't mean you have to hate him. I do, but you don't have to, you know, like. like yeah. <laughs> and that would be me. I'd be inquisitive, like, hey, what do you think about this? Because I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, look, right? Be curious. I'm curious. I'm curious about that person. I'm curious about why they're angry. You know, I'm curious about what they're, uh, the whole thing is about, right? Yeah. And, and a lot of times, I'm telling you, man, a lot of times I'm giving them how to have a statement in a group, of, like a water cooler conversation, yeah. where they can just represent what they feel without it pissing everybody off. Yeah. A lot of times I'm like, you don't want to say that. Just say this instead. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it works. Do that. That's the right way. You can't do this because you look like a moron. You don't want to look like a moron. You want to say this, right? Because that's, that's the thing I, I, I think I look, and this is what it boils down to. And, and I've said this with other people that have joined me on the podcast is that you I, you know, the, the fucking old adage, you can't bullshit a bullshitter. Yeah. I use that all the time. All right. So th- think of it this way. The people that hate a bullshitter the most are usually either reformed bullshitters themselves or people who have a great capacity to bullshit, but 
have a complete distaste of that whole style of game. Right. Yeah. They don't they're great salesmen. They don't want to be a salesman. Right. Yeah. And for that for those people, they can see through all their horse the bullshitters bullshit. And that's I think we know that person. We've known that person. We know that character and that behavior intimately. And immediately there's something about that guy where you're like, no, the guy's not, you know, he's, he he can come to the party, but he's not invited over by himself kind of thing. Right. (laughs) Like, and that's true. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying it that way, (laughs) but I think it's honest, right? Like, yeah, you, you know, that guy. And I think, look, man, our family's got great bullshit talent, (laughs) you know? We, we, I mean, we have capacity to be some great. My, my father might have been one of the kings of like horse shit on the planet, right? <laughs> it, it took him a long way, and he was a gift. He was gifted at his horse shit. Yeah, and I've always had a little disdain for that, right? Because it, I can see that, right? In a way, at least I maybe convinced myself that I can. I can see that shit from another guy who has that talent, and so I think of. The man is highly full of shit. And I'm disappointed in his game being so goddamn cheeseball-y in a way. Like, I'd almost have more respect if he were, like, a legit gangster, but he's not. <laughs> he's, like, he is an Austin Powers-style gangster, right? It's so 100%. corny, 100%. over the top. It's just, I mean, he's got the spray tan and the perm. All he's missing is the fucking cat. You know, it's like... <laughs> Just go full tilt, man. Start talking about sharks with freaking lasers on their head and shit, man. Let's Laser. go all the way. <laughs> like, I mean, don't you feel like at this point, if the dude had a little mini me Trump walking around with him, just thumbing his nose at reality, uh, yeah. I would find him more likable. You know what I mean? Like, I'd be like, <laughs> it's hard not to like that son of a bitch. <laughs> He's a piece of shit. Walking around funny. being like, how about no, Chucky? Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, and he sends his mini me to show up to the political debates instead yeah. of him when he said he wasn't going to show up. Yeah, like fucking mini me Trump with a giant red tie just shows up and is like <laughs> just talking mad shit to every other candidate. <laughs> Starts calling Ron DeSantis meatball, like meatball over here is bad for the country. No, no, no. <laughs> And he's get, and he does it like a spot on impression of the real Trump. He does the hands. He's got the tan. He's got yeah. the he's he's got the thing. He's talking like this. <laughs> you know. I just, you know. Start saying everybody knows it, dude. That's the thing. That dude with his everybody knows it is it. That's the if it it's infuriating that that kind of low grade game works on so many people, right? Because yeah. you can see it happen. You could even try it yourself. Go and talk to somebody who's just tired, hasn't dealt with a lot. Talk to some, <laughs> like a wild bunch of customers and just say crazy shit followed by everybody knows it. And you'll definitely <laughs> get a few people going, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah dude, everybody does make know them that. believe it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everybody knows buying Converse with and wearing them with no socks gives you a giant slong, <laughs> giant dong. Everybody socks. knows it. No socks, Converse. Everybody, everybody know. Come on, come on, everybody. I mean, what are we talking about here? Everybody knows that's true. <laughs> and it's like, and you know, because I'll tell you, everybody that's ever owned a pair of Chucks is going, yeah. Listen, 
It's true. It's true. <laughs> I think he might be spitting truth here. Dude, that's hilarious. And then and then how he makes up shit. Like every fucking kid in high school knows the whole I was talking to a guy today, good friend of mine. He said <laughs> that dude over there did some crazy shit. And I was like, hey, look, he's not wrong. Smart guy, this guy. I've talked to him. He's very smart. One of the smart, some people say he's smart. And I swear to God, some cheese ball Goombas like over there going, yeah. yeah. Sounds like he's a really fucking smart guy. This guy's probably, he's probably very smart and rich. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's that shit is so low grade and it works. But it, <laughs> and that's where my that's where my sickening shit. Like if I had two words with the real man, I'd be like, "Bruh, try do I I'm I'm angry that he doesn't have to work for it, <laughs> right? That's the thing. I'm angry that he doesn't have to work for it. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's, he's it's the first cult leader to phone it in. Like <laughs> 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 he, he fucking runs out of spray tanner just starts rubbing tang on his skin to get the stain <laughs> he's like eh. <laughs> i just think it's it's insane man <laughs> a cheese ball <laughs> so funny but yeah that that is that is where i i come from and even then like uh to kind of hit the nail home i still I still want to. I I don't want to rag on somebody. It's fun to do that here, but I've learned I, I'm not in the business of trying to make people feel stupid. Yeah, you know what I mean. But yeah. I try to do an honest opinion about stuff. It's fun to laugh at now until, and I think I said this to you, and I'll I'll kind of hit the nail home about Louisiana. But I have a lot of friends that I agree with that are in the same boat as a lot of friends that I have that I don't agree with about this kind of stuff about politics or where the country's headed or the economy or the housing market, whatever fucking bullshit that's boring. But the thing they all have in common is they don't have enough time, man. They got two kids and had to buy a car on a moment's notice because the other car is not working and they really can't afford to just spend the time to fuck with it. They need two vehicles and, you know, mom's sick. Uh, I got to plan this trip. T-ball practices at four, you know, like it's just... Yeah the constant treadmill of stuff. And when they have a break, I know for a fact that if I was in that situation and I had two hours to kill, the first thing I would do would not be to catch up on and try to understand like politics and the race and the controversy and the court cases. And, and for a lot of people, those court cases are just humiliating. You know, if they feel like they're being made fun of, which is not what I want. It's not the wrong, it's the wrong thing because they didn't know, you know, they yeah. didn't, a lot of them didn't know a lot of them. It's easy for somebody who has the time and maybe the comprehension to just see or read between the lines because they're used to reading about this stuff. I don't think it's that straight. And I think it's easy to forget that it can be really overwhelming and confusing when you don't have time to pick up on all of it. And who the fuck are you going to live? What one person are you going to go to? That's going to give you everything honestly straightforward in a way where you can process it for yourself. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to flow with the team that you're on, you know? Yeah. Is it really, I mean, and look to kind of hammer that point home with as much shit as we talked about bad Mexican food, in our opinion, I guarantee you there's hundreds of people that we could find 
tomorrow that would be like it's the best Mexican food I've ever had. Pedro's is the best Mexican food. It's, it's the only Mexican food. I went to California once. It didn't taste anything like Pedro's. Their food sucks. Ours is real Mexican. That's exactly. Yeah. You could find that. Yeah. Right. And then, and then the fucked up thing is if you represent what is empirically true and you say, well, actually that's more authentic and that's more this and that, that's where the other person is just going to dig in their heels. Right. Like, no, I reject that. This is what I prefer. This is what I think is, you know what I'm saying? Like it becomes yeah. this because you're, you know, it becomes like it doesn't matter. But that's, that's where people started coming up with blind taste tests. Like which one's better? And then they're like, "Oh, I like that one." You're like, "Ha ha." <laughs> well, look, but but don't you think that that's no? That's not going to change anything, right? Like, there's still Taco Bell. Like, there's authentic Mexican food all over California. There's a million Taco Bells there too. Yeah. Or or Del Tacos. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like every, everybody, there's still. Don't get be, me wrong. I'll still get down on some Del Taco. I, me too. But that's my point, right? <laughs> there's still going to be a place for that food there's still going to be a clientele but i know what i'm i know what i'm getting you know what i mean that's the part it's yeah. be honest about what you're giving to people yeah in the prices too you know why you don't give a shit about how bad taco bell is because it was a dollar 70 for that time right <laughs> yeah right like you do not care you're like i know what i'm getting i'm getting a 99 cent bean and cheese burrito from del taco and it's gonna i'm just gonna douse it in hot sauce and that's it like but but if Taco Bell went platinum and started calling themselves <laughs> Los Tacos Bell, right? <laughs> and then you showed up and every taco was $4.30, but it was the same shit. And they called themselves authentic Mexican food. You'd be like, fuck you. I'm not buying well, now, it. Now they've got this Taco Bell Cantina shit. Have you heard about that? <laughs> yeah, everything's going back to uh, that movie with Wesley Snipes and Sylvester Stallone. It's all becoming that. Seriously, there's there's one down here in Newport Beach. They they, they serve beer. Uh, I don't know if they have alcohol, but I think they do. Like they serve margaritas and beer. But it's like Taco Bell Cantina. Like you can sit down, get your chalupa, and get a margarita. Wow, you know, fucked up. That is just crazy that we're we're living to see that. Yeah. So you can get a t- when does Pizza Hut's fine Italian cuisine start c- putting up inline brick and mortar restaurants? You can get a tequila Baja Blast. There's that woke word again, Baja. Baja. There it is. Yeah. See, dude. <laughs> there it is, America. They're taking <laughs> over everything. Baja, California. Baja. <laughs> Left coast wokest woke economy rules. So, <laughs> I I love hearing people get disdain about random shit. That's why Baja makes me laugh. It it's like the the most ridiculous word to call woke, but it's a hundred percent what somebody would do. Like I can imagine <laughs> Alex Jones being like, "I'm never gonna order Baja again." <laughs> <laughs> Not until this border secure. <laughs> like I can just hear it, man. Yeah, do you get Baja Blast? I'm I'm looking Nacho Party Pack. Fancy eating the Taco Bell. Dude, it's insane. It is insane. That is. Well, look, I think we've covered a lot. I think it's been pretty deep dive. We carried on, I'd say, 38 minutes past what our normal benchmark is for time. Usually we do about an hour. Today we're at about an hour and plus. So about 38 minutes on top of the hour. And I've had a lot of fucking fun, man. I Me think too. we've learned a lot about you. You know, uh, any anything you want to cover or say where people can find you um, before we get off here? Any other questions you got? 
about the network podcast anything like that no i just i would love to do it again um let's do it again yeah let's do it again all right we'll save the rest for next time then and we'll do it again perfect we'll get this we'll get this guy uh looked at edited we'll micro examine it with a kind of special tool to help you no we're just going to listen to it and see if it works (laughs) uh look we we really hope you've enjoyed our sort of one-on-one conversation here on brevity box we're you know part of making a, a podcast that i wasn't completely you know you learn as you go you have a lot of respect for people being able to churn out the content it's difficult uh it's hard to stay with a particular vision and i think rolling with those changes and adapting to it is uh you know i don't know that you can really get an education in that other than by doing it and that's a lot of what this podcast is going through because people have lives that throw them into different directions and you got to be able to roll with that and and be able to find whatever new identity is there for you to be had. We're not the same show as we were when uh, our favorite uh, angry kitten Brando was here and uh, he's, he's still out in the world, but he's not part of the podcast and that sort of changed the dynamic. And of course, when Becky's here, I mean, there's just a special Becky brings the heat. She's a a, a fun co-host to have, and she makes the show a, a something different and, She's dealing with things. So I have to be able, we have to be able to move on and kind of find a new discovery. I take a lot of, a lot of motivation from the other podcasts on this network. I mean, truly couldn't say enough good things about Cinephile, Hissy Fit. Those guys are the most professional. Uh, We have a collection of hosts that are talented, always bringing new content. Kyle at Ruminations of Red Rum is always bringing great content always making new and recording new episodes has a roadmap going forward cinephile hissy fit like i said before same thing really difficult not to give crazy special recognition to oh god it hurts two guys two different countries two very very different time zones and they are producing content and coordinate their their recordings they they never miss and it is um really great to be a part of a team with talented hosts like that. Uh, I encourage anybody who's listening now, check out their podcasts. It's, it's an easy way to lose hours of your life listening to quality entertainment. Cinephile Hissy Fit just did episodes on Indiana Jones. I'm going to see the new movie tomorrow with my parents. And, you know, it's great to listen to them cover some of these old movies when maybe I don't have the time to rewatch Raiders of the Lost Ark or uh, The Last Crusade. I love those movies. It's great to listen to, you know, Don and Will on CHF giving me their reactions to movies we've all seen, we all love, and gets you in that mood for the new release to come out. So I'm happy to be a part of the network, happy to promote everything they do. Great group of professionals that produce great content. And we're trying to get back to doing that same thing. And you will probably won't be surprised if you see Nick being a part of the group or having more one-on-ones with him and I and just trying to get back to that steady drip of quality content that BBX have been known for, albeit maybe with a different spin or a different flavor, which 
hey, that that may be the perfect thing coming out of a place like New Orleans. So thanks again for listening. I'm sorry it's been so long, but we're back at it. We'll be back with more soon. Don't forget to check out our website. I'm going to tell you about it one more time. It's www.ruminationsradionetwork.com. Brevity Box, the Ruminations Radio Network, are all brought to you by Area 42 Studios and Sound and the mighty and great, the super powerful and multi-talented Mitch, who we're always grateful for and can't wait to have him back on the show where he belongs. And I miss him and I need him. But until next time, we'll catch you on that episode. That's it. Say bye, Nick. Bye. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you next time. Bye.